Welcome to the Hard Questions Real Answers podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Nat, and we are here at NRB 2022, and I am excited because I have my special guest, Ken Hem. Ken, you are the CEO and founder of Answers in Genesis, the Ark Encounter, the Creation Museum. Also, you're an author, you're a speaker, you're an apologist like me, and a bearded brother. So I am I am pleased to be with you. You doing well today? I'm doing well. Actually, you know, when my hair was darker and my beard was darker and longer, yeah. people used to confuse me with Abraham Lincoln. Not me. They didn't confuse you with me. Not now. <laughs> what was your name? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, that's the way God wants it. It's good. It keeps me humble. Well, you obviously are an expert on Genesis and creation, and you are a student of the Word. You keep bringing people back to the Bible, and I thank you for that. But here's my first question, because I get it so often when I speak at universities or churches. People ask, how old is the earth, and how can you be sure? Well, you know, the ministry is called Answers in Genesis, so I just have answers. Exactly right. So how old is the earth? Here's how I'm going to answer that. Number one, the only way you would actually know if someone was there when it came into being, Mm. who could tell us when that happened. Right. Oh, by the way, we do have someone. Uh-huh. Uh, that is God. Yes. Uh, you know, from a perspective of us in the present trying to work out how old the earth is, I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds of dating methods that you can actually use to try to age date things on the earth. Uh, dating methods involve something that changes with time and you measure how fast that's happening. But then there are problems. You've got to know what was there to start with and you've got to know if the rates have always stayed the same and so on. But without getting into a lot of technical details, did you know that of all the age-dating methods you could use, 90% of them, 90% contradict billions of years. For real? It's only a small percentage that actually give it, give the billions of years. And the point is, all of them are based on fallible assumptions. Mm. And those assumptions can be shown to be not necessarily valid. And so one of the things that I would do as a Christian is say, when you start from God's Word, God tells us he created everything in six days, and it's a whole other topic where those days are ordinary days. Right. Say in the context of Genesis, yes, of course they are ordinary days. Uh, we can come back to that some other time. Right. Uh, and then he made Adam on day six, Adam and Eve, told me fruitful and multiply. As you read through those genealogies in the Bible, those genealogies uh, tell us that Adam had a son, Seth, at 130 years old, and then Seth at a certain age had a son. And you could go all the way down the line there, and uh, then, uh, you know, we get to Noah and we get down to the time of Abraham and then uh, Christ, uh, you know, when, when he stepped into history to be the, the God-man, the babe in a major 2,000 years ago and up to the present. You add up all those dates, yep. you come to about 6,000 years, hmm. not millions. Right. Now, that sounds radical for today's world. Sure does. But you know what? There's nothing in observational science that contradicts thousands of years. Mm. And besides which, when people, you know, a lot of Christians think they have to believe the millions of years and then add the millions of years into the Bible. But, you know, the idea of millions of years, you know, it came out of atheism. Mm -hmm. It came out of uh, atheists and deists back in the 1800s who wanted to explain everything by natural processes. And so they had this belief that the fossil record, it couldn't have got there from the flood because, you know, they didn't believe the flood, they rejected the flood. So these layers were laid down over millions of years before man. Well, a lot of Christian leaders uh, started to take the millions of years and put in a gap between Genesis 1, 1 and 1, to right. put into the days of creation or say the flood was local or whatever. But when they do that, there's a problem. You know what's in the fossil record? Hmm. Lots of examples, well, obviously dead things. Yeah, of course, right. Things. And lots of examples of diseases like cancer and arthritis and uh, all sorts of other diseases, abscesses, tumors, etc. 
But if all that existed before man, mm -hmm. if you're adding that in as a Christian, then after God made man, he said everything he made was very good. Mm. That would mean God is calling cancer very good. And that's a problem. And that goes against certainly the character of God. And that means that those fossil layers couldn't have been laid down millions of years before man sinned. So how would, how would I as a Christian explain those fossil layers? Well, the Bible tells us there was a global flood. If there really was a global flood, you'd expect to find billions of dead things buried in rough as I have water all over the earth. In other words, the fossil record is not the graveyard of millions of years. Hmm. It's the graveyard of the flood warning us that God judges the wickedness of man. Mm -hmm. God provided an ark of salvation for Noah, which is a picture of Jesus. Yeah. And as Noah and his family had to go through one door in the ark to be saved, because remember, God told Noah to build one door, put one door on the side of the ark. So that's a picture of Jesus into the ark of salvation. Mm. It's a reminder for us. Jesus said, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, uh, he will be saved. Wow. You know, now one of the things that I have seen all throughout scriptures is that, you know, God is a God who is holy and righteous and he has to judge wickedness and judge sin, right? But in judgment, he always brings salvation. Mm. So back in the garden, when Adam and Eve rebelled against God, uh, in judgment, uh, God judged with death, but at the same time, he gave a message of salvation. Genesis 3.15, which is really the promise of the Savior. Genesis 3.21, the setup of the sacrificial system, pointing to the Savior, right? And then at the time of the flood, he judged the wickedness of man, mm. but provides an ark of salvation, yes. right? And then in the final judgment, when he comes to judge uh, the earth, and there'll be a new heavens and new earth, and those who put their faith and trust in him will be saved for eternity huh. uh, in, in heaven to live with him. So think about it. Judgment and salvation sort of hand in hand yeah. all the way through the Bible because God is a holy God, a righteous God, mm. a God who has to judge as, as a holy God, sin, but he's a God of grace and mercy. Wow. He's a God who saves. Amen. You know, one of the things people always you know, ask me, is the Bible full of myths? It's outdated. It's contradictory. I'm like, all you have to do is read the Bible for yourself and you will see that those things aren't true. You'll begin to see the whole picture. You just gave the entire Bible in like two minutes. I love it. I'm going to steal that from you. But you did mention something that I think is highly debated today, both outside of Christian circles and inside, and that is the creation account. Six literal days, long days, gap theory, uh, you know, day age. What, what? How should we think about creation? You know, Nat, I'm going to say something here that might sound a little radical for a lot of people, <laughs> because I find a lot of the church today, a lot of Christian leaders will say things like, well, the, the most important thing is trust in Jesus. In Genesis, okay, that's answers Genesis thing. They're yeah. not the age of the earth, Matt. That's their thing. That's right. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. You've got to be on about Jesus. But here's the thing. The message of Jesus comes from this book, God's Word. Yeah. And if you can't trust God's word in the beginning, how should you trust it anywhere else? Right. What I would say is the whole issue of the age of the earth, the millions of years, evolution, and so on, that really uh, came out of you know, the 1800s based on naturalism, that has been an incredible attack on the foundation of the authority of the word. Hmm. And a lot of people today are looking up at all the issues and the culture and how bad they are and all the rest of it. We have got to deal with why it happened in the mm. church and why is the church so lukewarm in many ways and why is the church not impacting the culture and why are we losing generations from the church because you know, the church really gave up the first 11 chapters of the Bible mm. because of the impact of, of evolution millions of years. Much of the church gave that up. We said it doesn't matter. 
But Genesis 1 to 11 is the foundation for everything. Mm -hmm. The rest of the Bible for all of our doctrine. See, you think about it, right? With Jesus in Matthew 19 and again in Mark 10, he he also uh, quotes this, but he was asked about marriage. And so what does he say? Have you not read, by the way, I love that, (laughs) the authority of the word of God. Have you not read, he who made them at the beginning made them male and female, by the way, two genders. Right. As Jesus attesting to two genders. But he's quoting the text of Genesis 1. Right, right. And said, uh, for this cause shall a man of his father and mother cleave unto his wife and they'll be one flesh. Mm. That's Genesis 2.24. So Jesus is going back to the historical account in Genesis 1, Genesis 2 to give the foundation for marriage. Mm. Now here's the point. Not just marriage. Every single biblical doctrine of theology, directly or indirectly, is founded in Genesis 1 to 11. Right. Think about it. Um, if you want to talk about death, what, where, where's the origin of death? Genesis 1 to 11. Sin. Genesis 1 to 11. Why do you wear clothes? God gave clothes because of sin. Setting up a sacrificial system. Yeah. Genesis 1 to 11. Why did Jesus die on a cross? Genesis 1 to 11. Why is he called the last Adam? Genesis 1 to 11. Why mm-hmm. have a seven-day week? Genesis 1 to 11. Yeah. Why is marriage a man and a woman? Genesis 1 to 11. Why are there two genders? Genesis 1 to 11. Right. Why is abortion uh, wrong? But no, God says do not murder uh, humans. Right. And in Genesis 1, we find they're made in the image of God. They're not right. animals. In mm-hmm. The animals. Why does man have to work? Genesis 1 to 11. Why do we have a dominion? Genesis 1 to 11. You know, we could go on. Right, right, right. We get the point. Yeah. Genesis 1 to 11 is the foundation for everything. And if the church has given up Genesis 1 to 11, just says trust in Jesus, right. you can understand why the younger generation is coming through. What, what, do you, what do you believe about marriage? What do you do with gay marriage? What do you do with gender? What do you right. do with racism? What do you do with all these issues? Even to talk about the issue of race and racism, we've got to start with Genesis 1 to 11 to understand we're all descendants of Adam and Eve. We're all one race. See, without that foundational history, then who decides what you believe? Yeah. Uh, the problem is generations of our kids have been brought up in a public education system where their foundation is man determines truth. They throw God out. They really have a worldview of of atheistic naturalism, and they're coming to our churches. A lot of our pastors have said, that's okay, you can believe that. Don't worry about don't worry about Genesis. We're just trusting Jesus, Johnny. Yeah. And I see the same today. I see a lot of churches and Christian leaders who are saying, you know, look at the mess our world's in. Right. have got to tell them about Jesus. And you have generations today, because they've grown up in a culture where no longer are they familiar with the Bible. Right. They don't even understand what sin is. Mm. They don't understand who Jesus is. Right. The Bible is a book of mythology. Science has supposedly uh, disproved the Bible. So when you go out there and say, trust in Jesus, they, they don't know what you're talking about. Right. And if we don't start building our thinking on Genesis 1 to 11 and whipping them with answers to all the attacks on God's word that are happening today, we're going to continue to lose yeah, and I couldn't agree more. As a pastor, I've heard that so many times, given the gospel and focus on that alone. And we do know that the foundation of Christianity is believing his death, burial, and resurrection. But we do need to embrace the whole of Scripture and educate people, and we just need to keep bringing people back to the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. You know what I say to people? Hmm. Yes, we need to teach the gospel. We need to teach the whole gospel. Right. That's exactly right. And it starts in Genesis 1 to 11, so you understand the message. Right, right. I couldn't agree more. Well, we are just getting into the heart of the topic. We, you brought up evolution. Uh, you talked about the church, and we're going to talk about those in future episodes. So we're going to have you back on. Ken, if people want to learn more about you and your ministry, where should they go? Uh, well, our main website is answersingenesis.org. Mm-hmm. Answersingenesis.org. 
But they can also Google, you know, Ark Encounter, Ark Creation Museum, yep. two leading Christian themes attractions in the world. We have many, many different websites. Okay. Uh, they can find out about us that way. I appreciate you check it out and join us on our ne next episode with Ken Ham.